then you go and tell me Breaking Bad is better. Breaking Bad is about an intel. <laughs> no, don't kill me. <laughs> but I, I understand, Obi. I understand that you prefer The Wire because it's a show about police. That's where you start. The thing is, it's the They said that you love the fans. They said that you love the fans. Oh my god. Lord have mercy. So, um, that's a stain uh, on your name. That is just. That is just. That uh, is evil. Frankly, that's evil of you. Hello and welcome back to the Popcorn for Dinner podcast. I'm of course your host, Bankali Mokwede, and I'm joined by my co-host, I beg you, just oh, say your I'm... name. Oh my. <laughs> so I always fuck this up. I always think like you're supposed to introduce me and stuff, and I'm actually supposed to say my name. Oh, oh my god! George Facho. I'm gonna write a script and just send it to you. <laughs> and we'll just we'll just do that from now on because this yeah, is... that will actually really help. I- I'm tired. Um, yeah. So this is the Popcorn for Dinner podcast. We're talking about season two of Succession ahead of its return. To talk about season two of Succession, we are joined by our returning guest, Hadja. From the Downtime with Hadja podcast. Thank you. Very How are you, Hadja? <laughs> thank you very much. I'm doing fine. Thank you. And joining us all the way from all the way, man, California. <laughs> wow. West Coast. He's talking about him meeting Kendrick last week or something. I don't know. Oh no! Don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> it's Gaziem. How are you, Gaziem? Thank you for doing this. Yeah. Thank you. Fantastic. Oh, God, to the air, really. I hate the fact that, like, I was trying to think of, like, Californian celebrities and Kendrick was first thing I came to my mind, and nobody else was there. I was like, bro, I'd love to meet Kendrick, man. Isn't Ben Shapiro from California or something? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, um, Gozem does have a lot of, he shares a lot of views with Ben Shapiro. Yeah. Oh, I'm getting to that now. I don't <laughs> even know who that is. <laughs> oh, okay, don't worry. I'll send you some, I'll send you some links. That's <laughs> funny how you have them saved, you know. I will. Okay, so we're going to talk about Succession Season 2, this this episode, The Incredible Show, the show I believe is probably top two on TV right now. Yep. I think. I agree. Competes with probably better clickbait. Completely clickbait. (laughs) 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 Okay. But before we go into all that, this is the first episode we're recording since the tragic death of Michael K. Williams. I mean, it's kind of almost for teachers that we're recording an episode on a HBO show because he's, to me, he's like the patron saint of HBO. Like, he was on almost every good HBO show. Every fucking thing, wasn't he? Wow. Yep. For listeners of this podcast, you know that I've still not finished The Wire. Huh. So... That fucking shame. That's a thing. Uh, but like, it, first of all, I've, you only need to see Michael Caine one scene of The Wire to get it, like to understand why he was a thing, why Omar was a thing. But even beyond that, like I loved him on The Night of, loved him on Boardwalk Empire, um, the, um, When They See Us, Lovecraft Country. Like he, I think I tweeted after he passed away that he was like, he was a guy that, Whenever he was on screen, you wanted to just watch only him. 
but he didn't have to be the main person. Like, yeah. he could just be in the corner of the room, just looking, but, like, whatever he was doing was just interesting in its own. But, um, I know you guys are the Wire fans. Hadja, are you also a Wire fan? I am a Wire fan. That's right. Okay, so I guess I'm, I'm a bit outnumbered in this. But, like, yeah, I mean, does anyone have anything to say about Michael K? Like, where did you... Apart from the wire, where, where did you first see him? Where did you like realize that this was this was a guy? This was the guy that like because for me, it was someone that if I knew it wasn't a project, I was gonna watch it. Like he was one of those guys that was his presence yeah. alone was enough for me to watch the show. I think I started the wire off earlier, but I couldn't get into it. But so the night of might have been like the first first time you saw proper him. Yeah. yeah that Same, I can remember yeah. out of like everything, you know. For me, it was Boardwalk Empire. Oh really? Yeah. Um, I remember watching it with my mom, and I remember a scene he was in, and I just remember thinking, "Oh, this guy is really good." But at the time, I was really young, um, so I feel like I only really appreciated him when I started watching The Wire when I was much older. It's like I haven't always been sitting down thinking critically about television, like since I was eleven years old. And as as much as I would love for that to be my story, that really hasn't been the case. Um, so I, I definitely did sort of appreciate him much later. And then watching The Night Of 2, I was like, oh, wow. This is, wow. Yeah. I mean, for anyone who's listening to this, if you haven't watched The Night Of, please go watch The Night Of. I, the first episode of The Night Of is probably one of the most stressful things I've ever watched in my yeah, life. Oh, my goodness. Oh, oh. Stressful. Uh, that, was, that was quite stressful. It's a remake, isn't it? I think it's like a very loose remake. Like it's like uh-huh. it's like based on like a British show, but like very very loose. Like maybe the the cent- smallest part of the premise is like the British show mm-hmm, and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so like obviously it's very tragic that we've lost another great actor in Michael K. Williams, and just like I'm happy that it's someone that like I think he definitely knew that like a lot of people appreciated him and like respected him and kind of like loved his him and his characters and I was I was he did he just he portrayed particular characters that I think it was Wendell Pierce something along the line of like he played characters that you would never look twice at on the streets but like he made you like think about them in mm-hmm, terms of like mm-hmm. Omar character in Lovecraft countries is a very very interesting character probably one of the best of the show, probably the best on the show to be honest um but yeah, so obviously rest in peace, Michael K. Williams, and we only said positive thoughts and feelings and prayers to his family and his fans. Because you guys are a team, and uh, when a team is a team, it can't actually physically be beaten. It's impossible. So go hard, go fast. Go, you lovely bastards. It's not a big deal, really, who actually says it. No. I guess you are family, and he does treat family differently. Yeah. No, sure. Although, yeah. he did once call me the cunt of Monte Cristo. <laughs> oh, that was joshing. In a way, yeah. that's a testament to your closeness. In a way. No, he <laughs> likes you, Tom. He likes you. You're a fine mind, articulate, strong leader. <laughs> I'm articulate? Ooh. Oh, you're so kind. You know... Ooh. In fact, I'm so flattered, I'll just fucking walk right into the machine gun nest. Also, I've spoken to Shiv, and I know she asked you to talk to him. You spoke to Shiv? And if you don't, and she asks, yeah? That's what 
That's where heroes are born, Tom, on the battlefield. It's also commonly where they're killed, Jerry. Ball on the fucking floor, man. Oh, Lord. Succession season, season two. <laughs> um, so, you so, know, in, in a bit to kind of give this episode some structure, I've kind of broken it down in my head. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm going to try to use three very incredible meal scenes in this show to like talk about this season. Mm-hmm. This show, man, just get people around the table and some food. Mm-hmm. And these writers are having. They're having a great time. Like they just like the writing just becomes incredible. So let's yeah, we're gonna just try and use some three of my best meal scenes in the in the season to talk about the show. Mm-hmm. But before we go into that, I probably noticed when I first watched it, but I, I realized it more on the rewatch. The the theme credits for season two mm-hmm. really focus on Shiv and her relationship with Logan mm-hmm. In, mm-hmm. In, in the credits. And I, I didn't I don't think I realized how mm-hmm. much or how different they were to the first because the first one is, you can see it's focusing on Kendall mm-hmm. and like his desire for his dad's approval and everything but the second one is it really focuses on Shiv and yeah I just noticed in second rewatch I was like oh that's interesting I don't know if like they would change the focus in the third season or they would add to it or whatever but it was just like huh maybe 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 this is story you know how everybody tried to always decipher every Game of Thrones credits every season. I was like, oh, maybe there's a story here. I think so. There definitely is, though, because Nicholas Brittel, who's the composer, he's brilliant. Yeah. And he's done so much work, and he did Moonlight, and he's done just fantastic mm-hmm. work. Oh, he did Moonlight? He went, he did, mm-hmm. And he talks about how he is sort of telling stories through the score, and, like, he's talking about tensions. Like, I remember the episode where it ends and i think the last thing logan says is like that they need a fall guy basically and that the Mm. violin on that episode is is so like intense and just you when you listen to it you can feel that there's more to come we need something big yeah time for the blood sacrifice back to season one and the wedding episode and the way that the music happens or moves through that episode up to you know kendall's manslaughter slash murder whatever that is um (laughs) yeah the music is definitely important and i think to notice that is is, it's deliberate like they want you to know that shiv is Mm -hmm. being highlighted yeah what did you tell us about your mystery call oh the phone call uh yeah it was frank he meant to call you. He wants to know if the plan to overthrow Dad is still happening. Someone spiked Pierce. Which one of you boys did it? Tom! Yes? Sit on the floor. It's fun. Seriously? Yeah, it's a game. Bore on the floor. I really, I feel... Get down! Bore on the floor. Bore on the floor. Kendall, ring the troops. Bore on the floor. Bore on the floor. Kendall, get down. Greg, on the floor, Bore. Bore on the floor. Come on, Frank. Bore on the floor. Frank. Why am I in How the fuck would I know, Greg? You think I have a wrestling explanation for this? Okay, so let's let's start with Roman. Let's, because I think this is like, if this is famously a terrible dinner for Roman. This is like, this, I think this is episode three, hunting. Like, this is when... His dad asks him the price of milk. 
which I think you should ask Logan, like, Logan, what do you think the price of milk is? Because I, I, I don't think Logan knows either. That's like... Well, I think the thing is, because Logan came from nothing, in it? So he probably have an idea. Like, Roman has always been in the 1%, so he has mm-hmm. no fucking idea. He's completely disconnected from the rest of society. Yeah. And it's just always been brought up like that. But I think Logan, because he came from nothing, he might, um, you know, have a have an idea. Yeah. I think out of all of them, all of them, Roman is probably the last person I would think that would make <laughs> Favorite character. Yeah. yeah, I was gonna say Roman is uh, Obira's favorite character. So, um, Hadja, Kazim, what are you guys' thoughts on on Roman? Let's start with you, Kazim. Did we just say fuck him? Fuck Congress, Roman. Yes, Shiv. Fuck Congress. Have I shocked you? Man, I like Roman. I really like Roman. I, I like that he's not. I think he puts up. I don't know if I would call it like a when he's around them, he's trying to be like this big tough guy, but he's really like he can he's really, he's really vulnerable with certain people. Like I really like his his relationship with Jerry. Like his they they really just highlight his lows when he's on his when it's with stuff with his babe, you know, yeah. them not being able to have sex and stuff then when he's around in that toxic environment, doggy dog environment, he's like mm-hmm. you know, yeah. And yeah. <laughs> I think the scene scene where uh, I love the scene where Logan asks him did I did I touch you or did like did the slap hit you and he's like uh, I mean what are we even talking about <laughs> no, 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 Logan is like did I even connect <laughs> he was like nothing yeah I think even speaking of there's a point in I think episode 9 when when Logan asks um, Roman to go chase the like the private money mm-hmm. I think he's very vulnerable and he's like look if you want this done, are you sure you want to ask me? Because it's like a big deal and everything. And then Logan is kind of like, look, I, I trust you and everything. And then... Can you do it? Can I do it? Uh-huh. Um, fuck. Dad, I, I want to say yes, but I'll be honest. If it's like really important, I mean, I can say I can do it. Like, you know, a fireman in a movie, but honestly, I... You I, act the fuck knuckle, but you know... People like you. It's a really big fucking deal to set up. Anyone can do a deal. It's getting the right number from the right suit. Getting your dick in there is easy. Getting them into bed, that's hard. For some. You can do it. And then Roman in his vulnerability tries to go one step further and is like, are you okay with Marsha? And obviously Logan, being Logan, is... Very quick to shut that down. Okay, are you okay? Do you have someone that you can speak to about shit? You want me to speak to a shrink? You know, you may want to screw your mother, but I am okay in that department. Thank you. Great. Well, it's just nice that we can talk about these things. Um, Hatta, what are your thoughts on on Luke on Roman? I love Roman. I love Roman. I think he's. He's a great, you know, like he's a great, um, what's the word, foil to both Shiv and Mm. Kendall. I think he works really, really well in that regard. I think he has a lot of the softness that they don't have or that they don't know how to sort of express. And I think I really like him because he surprised me. So obviously, like, I'm going to accept all my bias from being socialized into society, but I was surprised that they painted him as like a straight man i was i was shook when i saw he had a girlfriend in the beginning because they Mm. very much 
overemphasized his like effeminateness in the first couple of seasons. Mm-hmm. And then obviously they have the thing where it's like, oh, he can't have sex. And yeah, what's that about? Yeah, I, but I I find that that was more, but that was, I like that they use that to illustrate his childhood trauma and sort of his like mental mm-hmm. issues rather than make it a, oh, he's a closeted man or he's afraid of his dad. Yeah, 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 yeah. I really like the way that they use that. And I love the way that they use his relationship with Jerry to tell us more about him. I think that's one of the things that made me love Roman more. When he goes to the fucking retreat, the where they teach them how to be CEOs or whatever the fuck. Mm-hmm. And he meets <laughs> that guy who's like, I'm an enigma. <laughs> and that place where he's like, oh my God, I'm in America right now. Like, come help me. Yeah. I just think he has the best one-liners. Like, I think he has... Oh. Like hundred percent. Like I don't, yeah. I don't even know how many of them are from the writers and like how many. A lot, of, of, it, a lot from... of it is improv, isn't it? Like if you actually listen to him in an interview, that's you can kind of see shades of his character. Yeah, and and I think he he's perfect at that role. And it's also his like that actor is fantastic because it's also his his like stature, the way he uses his body, like the way he just like mm-hmm. will bend. I'm just like yeah. even just seeing him just standing there, he's just so silly, but he's also like very. <laughs> Like he has a moment of like real like pain and heaviness and vulnerability, and just as you said about the money, the shady money, like the shady Middle Eastern money, when he comes back and the dad asks him like, "Okay, is this actually viable?" and he's like, "I can't lie to you, mm-hmm. this is bullshit. Like, this is yeah. just not gonna happen." And mm-hmm. y- you can see that he can be incredibly adult and reasonable in so many ways, but in pretty much eighty percent of the time. And, like, so many parts of him just wants to be, like, a child and wants to be, yeah. like, looked after. Like, when they when they got, when they when they shut down Volta and it's, like, him versus Kendall, mm-hmm. kind of him going against Kendall, you know, talking to the dad, talking about, like, what they should do with Volta. You can just see, like, he's sort of planned out what he'll do. He went out with the people. Yeah. yeah. Or, like, coke binges and he kind of got all the information from them. So he has a certain kind of way of working, which I probably won't recommend to people, but he kind of got the information out and it was just like, yeah, yeah, this needs to go fucking ruthless about it. Well, first of all, side question. Have we ever seen Roman do coke? I No, he doesn't do drugs. No, I think they would have referenced it. Like... They offered it to him and he didn't do it, I think. Yeah, they offered it to him. He didn't the, say no. He like, the he like held thing it. In season one. He didn't. The one that Tom swallowed his own thing. Bro, that's my system. favorite scene from Succession. <laughs> but, uh, but no, Roman didn't because, like, I remember cause I kept on because he like somebody would give him, and then he would just kind of like hold Walk the bag and something. do like he's gonna do it and then just give the bag back. Like he never, I've actually never seen it. All like, I mean, if anyone's listening to this, and you remember when he did it? Just let me know. But I mentioned him first regarding the ball on the floor mm-hmm. dinner because. That moment when he's trying to convince Logan that he didn't betray him, mm-hmm. and he's like trying to ask Kendall to like stop, mm-hmm. like he's it's genuinely heartbreaking. Like he's trying to like connect with Kendall on like a brother to brother, just like bro, just like stop. Like yeah. jokes aside, this is serious. Just stop. Yeah. And I think, I think that that sequence is like just genuinely heartbreaking. I was like, oh, and obviously Logan. I think Logan ends that we call in. Calling him a fucking moron, as oh. as they te- as they tend to do. That like everyone calls him a moron, man. Yeah. <laughs> and you brought that up. It reminds me of that scene where he comes back from literally being held hostage and having his life might just be gone. Mm-hmm. And he says 
could we maybe talk and they all start making like baby noises at him and i'm just <laughs> thinking and 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 they're just so ridiculously immature and it's so crazy because as i said you know he really is a foil to them in the way that like look at how he is able to be so like actually in tune with his emotions at that point and reflect on something that's just happened to him and they're just like maybe we can i'm just like can you go <laughs> Nah, no, that whole family is awful. <laughs> all of them. All of let's them. let's talk about the reason that whole family is awful. <laughs> let's talk about about Logan Roy. Uh, First of all, can I just say against nothing that I mentioned in the episode on season one, Logan was meant to die in season one. Oh really? Oh yeah, he was, wasn't he? I saw I saw that recently. Thank God that did not happen because Thank God, uh, no, I love Brian Cox. Oh my god, Brian Brian Cox is immense in season two. Like mm. I mentioned that season one, he's like obviously most of it is an invalid, so we don't really get to see yeah. him yeah, through the sick, of his powers. But season two, I think it was the moment when I when he was chasing the first time I watched it, mm-hmm. when he was chasing Nan Pierce's car. Yes. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. And I was like, Oh, we didn't we didn't get anything of Logan in season one. Like we uh, so I'm so happy they didn't kill him off, but like, look, we've spoken about how, how much of a bully he is and everything when we talk about season one. When did they approach you? Um, when did they approach me? Mm-hmm. Did it take long or did you open your legs on the first date? Well, no, they, they took a uh, bit time to persuade me to... to uh... Betray me? Yeah. Well, that's nice. Um, I think he's a bully in season one, but in season two, you find out that he really has no boundaries. Like, mm-hmm. he's, yeah, like, I would say he's my favorite character, but you can't even defend some of the stuff he does, man. <laughs> you, he's a horrible person. He's a very horrible <laughs> Mm. Is that BS justification that he does it all for his family and it's just like yeah. oh. no, everything, no everything I've done from everything I've done is for my kids. Well, I think it's more of like I think it's more of like his family name rather than like he's trying to protect the, the royal it's sort of like that is the Tywin Lannister bullshit, but like, I'm doing it all for family. It's all about legacy yeah. rather than, you know, doing it for your actual kids and stuff who sort of kind of not despises but sort of wants to control And your legacy is yourself. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's you for yourself. It's not for them. Like, what would have helped those children was to have like a parent who cared about them being mentally balanced. Like, well, their mom was pretty shitty as well, wasn't she? Look, I was. It's on my notes that like any kid with those parents, like those guys, they, they didn't stand a chance. They didn't stand a chance. Like, like Kendall was like, "Mom, I need to talk to you about something," and she's like. She Let's was talk so, about that was, that was and so she's gone. Shit, like this, this guy's never stood a chance. Yeah. So Logan, any man who can tell grown men to <laughs> act like pigs on the floor, like oh. you, that guy's he's beyond bullying. Like he's a different. Like you just understand that. Like he has different power o- over them, and I don't know if it's the money. I don't know if it's if it's fear. Like it's just maybe a combination of everything. But like he's he's immense and. Yeah, there is no way to talk about Logan in like, 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 like Gozim said, like, there is really nothing you can defend. Yeah, from him, like, can't defend. At him. a point, it goes beyond oh, mm-hmm. like killer instinct, mm-hmm. business instincts, or whatever, mm-hmm. to just being a pure terrible person. Well, like that's that's what you kind of I sort of liken it back to like uh, that therapy blood movie where 
these sort of people, mm-hmm. especially these sort of successful kind of people, only have one goal, which is basically to win. Like nothing else. Yeah. Even if it's fucking family, stands in the way of winning, and that's the ultimate goal. And anybody who doesn't sort of provide or help you to reach that next goal will just be tossed aside straight away. Yeah. Which is kind of what what feeds to the the kids as well. Like mm-hmm. you really see them express emotion. Or they're always so skeptical about um, things. It's like when I'm not sure if it's the first or second episode where, um, what's her face, Shiv, basically tells Roman that she's a nice or you're a nice brother. Then he just like waits and tells her like, oh, she's such a fucking bitch. Like it's just yeah, first first episode, first episode, first yeah, episode, yeah, <laughs> and at the summer house, yeah, exactly. And it's just everything, everything, everything. There's always a element of skepticism in every single. Mm-hmm. thing and it's sort of like why when there are scenes like like you spoke about the Kendall with his mom or Kendall with Shiv when it was like um, I need someone to take care of me and stuff or later on down the season when it was Shiv and Tom it's oh. just fucking pierces you right through the heart mm. man because and that's sort of like a good result of like good writing yeah and Logan for me I think is like I remember the episode. I think it's the um the, the I don't I, I don't think the name of the episode is which side are you on, but they or is it the episode called which side are you on where you see the scars on his back and he's swimming in the pool. I oh, know that's right? the as when they go to um Tom's house Austerlitz to to, to Connor's Connor um, sorry Connor's house ranch, yeah, yeah. Connor's ranch. ranch and. You see the scars on his back when he's coming out of the pool. And you know, like, obviously, people like this, they don't become this way through nothing. But it's just, like, mm. that, you know what Abraham said about that toughness that makes you think that, like, mm-hmm, the only mm-hmm. thing that matters is winning. And it, 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 and mm-hmm. it, he does discard people he sees as weak. He saw Kendall as mm-hmm. weak, so he discarded him. He thinks Shiv. He also thinks Shiv is weak. Honestly, he does. At first, I think it was because she was a woman, and then later because he, she, he saw. Oh, she's also not a killer either. She's also not willing mm-hmm. to go all the way. I'm willing to go as well. And I think it, it's so crazy that you said you only sort of saw Brian Cox in that when he's running after Nan Pierce. But for me, it was born the floor, and even just everything he does like with his face I, I, Brian Cox is amazing I remember the <laughs> first thing I saw him in was he was playing Agamemnon in Troy and so when I saw that he was doing this role I knew he would kill it I just knew he would be amazing and I also really like the scenes with Logan and his brother I think they're really really mm-hmm. great insights into the kind of man he is and the kind of person mm-hmm. he is because these are the people who obviously have grown up in the same environment and it's so weird to see how the relationship that they have, you can also see elements of that in the relationship that Logan's kids have with their own siblings. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. it's just interesting to see how, like, that generational, like, coldness and distance, like, mm-hmm. it does, they just can't escape it. It's like a Roy thing. Does the brother want to, like, cheer up a bit? Like, every single oh scene, he's God, like, he's oh, everyone is scum. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> like relax, man. <laughs> he's the worst though because he's accepted that money. So he, he for me is like he's like the pierces in that they're very happy to like um shit on and like talk shit about the Roys and how awful these people are. But 
I'm the money that the brother has. I'm pretty sure it's the company money. I don't think he he's making that money fishing or whatever the hell he's doing out there in Canada or wherever the hell he lives. Because part of like the exec board, he literally exactly. holds shares in the company, doesn't he? So yeah. Before we move on, um, Hadja, do you want to just talk about Tom and Greg? <laughs> My favorite duo. <laughs> Tom and Greg, my favorite duo. I, I knew I knew that would get got, that would get the required reaction. Oh no, I love those two so much, and I want someone to write a fanfic where they're lovers because I think <laughs> that that is what. <laughs> I thought about to like body cop movie or something. What? I honestly want a fanfic where they are lovers. Like I truly believe that that is the strongest relationship in the show. That is the strongest most secure relationship in the entire television show. Well, it is. I would argue with you that Roman and Jerry, I think. Roman okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. That's a good, that's a good contender too. But yeah, I love them. They're one of my favorite duos in the show. I think they balance each other out perfectly. I just love my favorite scene is the one where the, like a fucking gun goes off that whole episode, their interactions, that episode are hilarious. And, it's also really great to see how like Tom like expresses what he can't express to Shiv to Greg. Um and it's it's mm-hmm. oh mm-hmm, especially mm-hmm. when he you know he uses that um his anger about the quote open relationship that they that Shiv trapped him into to be like you wanna like you can't work for anyone else and he just starts throwing things at Greg. And obviously the hearing. I just feel like they have so many amazing moments. That hearing was just fucking That's insane. Right? Fucking amazing. Yeah, well, don't worry, we'll get to all that, actually. It's funny that you you mentioned Tom and Greg and then immediately talk about the Seafram episode because those are like back-to-back on my on my notes. That's my favorite episode, well, I think. Really? Really? Mm-hmm. Of the season? Well, we'll oh. get to that. I know why I know why it's your favorite episode. Oh, no, no, we'll no, get no. to that. You, you um, know why it's a contender for favorite episode? Because of Tom interviewing the Nazi. That is... That's why it's, <laughs> that's why it's Obi-Wan's favorite episode. <laughs> it's so funny, man. Oh, yeah. gosh. Like, Have you ever read Mein Kampf? Um, yeah, a couple times, I guess. A couple times? Are there Easter eggs in there you didn't get the first time? <laughs> Look, I'm just, I'm interested in that period of history, Tom, okay? I've skimmed it. Skimmed, yeah, thank you. And, um, and what specifically do you find interesting about that period of history? The scale, the tragedy. Hell yeah. Yeah, and which tragedies specifically? Europe decimated, <laughs> seven million Germans, 20 million Russians, 5 million Poles. Yeah. Just just checking the till here, Mark, and it seems you're short a few million. The writers of that show are, like, brilliant. Nah, that... That, those, that scene are, like, an exclusion. Top two, like, funniest scene. <laughs> but, yeah, let's... Yeah, no. It definitely... Oh, Tom. Tom, I have enjoyed the funniest scenes of the show. Just, like... Just Tom. Um, but no, I mentioned Tom and Greg in respect to Bo on the floor because I just think it was very touching when like Tom doesn't rat out Greg. Like when he knows that Greg has spoken to the the biographer, he doesn't say anything. And like mm-hmm. they have that little moment at breakfast. I just I was like, oh, you guys are actually like friends. Like you guys are because obviously before that, Greg's like, Can I trust you? 
and Tom is like to, 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 a, to an extent or to a degree or something. And I just thought, like, oh, you guys are actually like good friends. And that was that was nice, obviously. And then the next episode is the Safe Room episode where I don't think there's anything more awkward across the two seasons of the show than the other two guys that were stuck in that safe room with Tom <laughs> and Greg. <laughs> like, I might have just been like, you know what, I'll take my chances with the shooter. Because, wow. because first of all, Tom is is angry that they're in the fake safe room and then Greg starts op- asking about the open relationship and then Tom starts throwing bottles and it's like a whole... I'll just... They don't respect that guy at all, do they, Tom? They don't Tom. At all. They really don't. Put him in that Mickey Mouse safe room while they're in like some proper, proper they, nice they room. Don't, I think that's why they, they connect so much. It's like they're still very much outside. Like, yeah, they you know? are. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like outsiders, yeah. yeah. Still very, I think Greg, Greg is keeping Tom in touch with his just normal person, like, side and like tom too you see him doing some things and you're just like why you know like the guy the leg rests and the guy's like why and he tells greg we're joining this is what we do when we're and it's like yeah so i really like that i think tom feels the need to play up the part of himself that can be like mean and callous because Mm -hmm. he's with Mm -hmm. shiv who's just another level of awful and like oh um, gosh and then you have obviously he's around these just despicable people, if quite frankly. Mm-hmm. So you know, there's just no way that, and and obviously he feels inadequate because obviously he knows he's richer than her, and she's richer than him rather. He knows that like, he knows very clearly that he doesn't hold pretty much any power in that relationship. So he feels mm-hmm. the need to be a bully because I think maybe he thinks that like, oh maybe this is what she likes because she's been raised by a bully, she's surrounded by bullies, she's a bully herself, like. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm, what, mm-hmm. what else is she going to respond to? I think my favorite scene, my favorite Tom and Greg scene is when, I think it's when they're burning the, the papers. And I don't know, I think Tom is insulting Greg or whatever. And then Greg is like, um, in in typical Greg fashion, like, uh, uh, well, fuck you, or, um, shut up. And then like, and then Tom is like, easy. easy. Like, Tom is like, why well, joking? But come, still calm down. <laughs> like they're, they're still alive. And Greg is like, sorry. I just like that's just like that's their relationship in a nutshell. Like, uh, but yeah, no. I can't imagine how if Tom didn't have a Greg. Like I don't know how his mental health would be. Like be I feel miserable. like. Yeah, because everybody's shitting on him so much that like, he has no one to yeah. to ex- not that I'm advocating for this kind of relationship, but he has no one to expend that energy on. Like, like look, that whole thing about attacking about attacking Greg with the bottles, that's so obviously not about Greg. That's obviously about Chip mm-hmm. and the fact that it's like open relationship as we brought back into into conversation. I think it might be about Greg actually, because I think sort of piggybacking on what I just said on mm-hmm. how because he's so not respected in that family he has this sort of sense of insecurity within himself that he has to take it out on somebody kind of important within the inner mid-circle and the only person he can sort of take it out on is greg and if he can't control greg then he's just he kind of sees himself as yeah the lowest of the low so do you think he would have reacted the same way if him and shiv were in like a a normal relationship and it was he hadn't forced him into an open relationship well, I just think I think it's like she doesn't respect him. Yeah. Like no one in that family respects him at all. The, 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 yeah, sorry. The bottom line issue is she actually just does not rate this man. Like, for you to marry yep. someone and then on your wedding night be like, mm, well, actually, I'm not trying to be in an exclusive relationship. 
I don't. It, <laughs> it's, it's it's all the actions that show she just does not rate this man. She doesn't. I think there was a when she was there was a part where she was talking to Logan and she was saying, "Let's just call losses on this um, news, whatever company or mm-hmm. like news part or yeah. section." And she comes out and tells him, oh, you're going to be the head of that. And it's just like, bro, she is grimy. <laughs> Shiv is grimy. I don't think anyone in that family knows how to like. I don't, I don't know. There's not a single relationship that I think, oh, okay, these guys love each other. This is genuine. This is healthy. This is, you know, great for them. Well, there's a line in, in Ted Lasso where he was like, he likes meeting people's parents because it's like a blueprint to seeing why. How crazy they are. <laughs> why they are just as, as crazy. And I'm like, we don't have to go too far to understand why she's as bad as she is. Like, Logan yeah. is right there. Her mother is right there. Like, it, it's quite evident. I think Shib loves Tom. Mm-hmm. Okay. But I also think that for her, love is not... The, that's some things that are more important. Yeah. So, okay, that's a good take. She loves Tom, but if CEO if CEO is on the table ahead of, ahead of that love, she's taking that CEO. Yeah. Like, there is nobody so. in the world that she's picking yeah. before CEO. Like, that's kind of love she does. Like, She's not one of person like, oh, I love you, and that's number one. Like, there, there are still levels to it. It's only when Tom reminds her that what she's doing is terrible that it kind of hits her. Mm-hmm. If that makes mm-hmm. sense, like, like mm-hmm. we talked about it in season one in the at, at their wedding when she's like, love is all this messy stuff and everything and whatever and it's bullshit and everything. And then Tom is like, oh yeah, that's true, but like, but I love you. And she's like, why are you reacting like this? Like, it, it almost kind of thaws her, like it pierces the exterior she's like i do not understand why you're reacting like this like this is this is weird to me and then it kind of like brings her in i think tom saying that thing on, on the beach is like you can see her face she's like oh my god that's that's destroyed me like yeah. what do i do now i also don't think she ever so thought it would get to the point where he would again she she take oh my god she's mugged him off so much that he actually she doesn't think that he's capable of like Re- of standing his ground and being like, you know what, fuck this. I'm not dealing with this anymore. Yeah, 100%. She's so selfish, man. I, she, I remember she hooked up with she hooked up with this, the actor guy. And From Willis Place Stands. <laughs> and then she sees him just like flirting and she's like, and it's coming like, come on, like, I you know Tom, of this open thing. Tom never wanted to sleep with that girl. Tom was never, exactly. like, Tom was never thinking I was sleeping with anybody else. And she's like, well, it's different because I know of her. I was like, yeah, but I'm going to see this girl, this guy from Willis play That's again. Like, man. what are you talking about? Yeah. It's, uh, she's horrible. Um, Hadja, mm-hmm. do you, while we're a bit on shave, mm-hmm. and we're going to talk about Kendall in a bit because I know you have a lot of thoughts. <laughs> so that will push that down the line. So I can, because I feel like if we talk about Kendall now, you might you might talk about it and and then leave leave the the podcast. Like, like that's it. I'm done. I have nothing else to say. No. Um, so I've pushed I've pushed it to the no. end. But do you? But while we're on the safe house episode, do you want to talk about the Kendall and Shave hug? I feel like you oh might have thoughts on that. Oh my god, you guys, that was that was. I watched that. I've watched that scene so many times, and everything about it. First of all, Jeremy Strong. Just if you're listening, call me. Wait, I'm sorry, wait. Okay, no, wait. I'll let you continue. Haja, I'll let you continue, but wait, please. Now, I do not understand this. There is nothing in this performance that is attractive. Why are people attracted to Jeremy Strong based off this performance? As Kendall Roy, let me tell you what it is. How is Kendall Roy an attractive person? Jeremy Strong to just be 
such a f- oh god you guys this scene is everything <laughs> let on? me just break it down to you it is the posture it is the eyes it is the the breathing this man is an, a this is not this is not splish worthy <laughs> this guy is depressed what is going on who told you i don't like my sad boys have you ever thought about that bakule <laughs> Fair enough. You know what? Fair enough. To each his own. I, I, I to each, to each our own. I don't know, man. It was just like I want to date a healthy, <laughs> mentally balanced man who's not addicted to cocaine. But I, well, I, I mean, those are a lot of those are a lot of things to ask for. You must just <laughs> pick, pick, pick what you get. <laughs> Why is bar that high? <laughs> yeah, that's that's also a high bar. We're, we're men. On, we're men, Hajar. <laughs> our bar is like hell. We, there, there's so many things we can. Only so many things we can do. No, okay. Um, sorry. Okay, continue. I find the cocaine, but please. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we do not endorse drugs on this podcast um sorry continue sorry. please yeah, but that scene is fantastic it's such a beautiful expression of i i think it's the it's it's shift discomfort at the beginning of it to her realization mm. of like oh my god he's not okay i mean we've been knew that kendall is not okay but like yeah and then the scene at the end where he goes up to the oh no, there's so much, and he sees the wall is up there. There's just so much. There's so much being done in that scene with so mm-hmm. little happening, and and I think it's such a huge moment for them. Even though sort of we go through the rest of the season and it's sort of like it didn't happen, but like it's such a big moment for them because I think this is the first time since he's manslaughtered that man that he's actually come out to like ask help like he's actually come out to say and to say like you know please like i need somebody to look after me like i can't do this anymore like he was really struggling obviously you know he was having like suicidal ideation throughout that whole episode and then he does Mm -hmm. he gives sort of a similar sadness in the episode i think it's called return where they go back to england and he's sat there after begging his he just wants his mom to listen to him. He just wants and this and I think the fact that you have similar scenes in the season, but it's Shiv that is able to give him that space versus obviously like his mom. I think it says a lot mm-hmm. about how they want us to view the sibling relationships. I think the I think what I glean from this show is that the parental is just irreparable at this point. It's irreparable. But I feel like the siblings could actually do something for each other. Oh, yeah, 100%. And not in a, I'm going to promote you and I'm CEO, or in a way that, like, is actually meaningful. Like, they could be, they are able to relieve the other's pain, which is why I love the Greg Kendall alliance at the end of the season. Because I thought, yes, like, we need these people to look after each other. And even when, obviously, Kendall allows Greg to, to live in that apartment. And... <laughs> you know, th- there's just these moments, but yeah, I love that scene so much, and it, it was also very surprising for me from Shiv because I I also feel like that's one of the rare moments where she's able to step out of her own head and her own agenda and all her ambition and actually see something that has nothing to do with her, and honestly be able to be there for someone, and that's why you know it's also similar when you mentioned the scene on the cave or beach whatever with with Tom. Because you can see a similar thing happening. She's she's having to come out of herself and realize, oh, there's pain and something that's going on that's outside me that that I that I have to figure out what to do with. 
And I think with Kendall, it's a lot more complicated because, you know, there's so many things going on. She's competing with him, all this stuff, you know. Um, and with Tom, I think she's going to find it easier to resolve. But with Kendall, I think that's another thing we're going to have to see this season. Um, which is, um, sorry to circle back, but just another thing of the... Not brilliance of Logan because he's evil, but like the way that <laughs> they are constantly... He's made, you know, his his life a battleground and they're just all fighting in the arena for his approval and his love and his... You know, I think Shiv even says that I, I've, I've made it now that my life is always wondering what does my dad want? What does my dad like? Y- you know, and mm-hmm. yeah, I, I just think that... Mm-hmm. That scene is just perfect. Oh my god, I love Jeremy Strong so much. I can go on for like okay. five hours if you let me. So yes, okay, on. let's. We're going to talk about Kendall a bit more, but Jesus, okay, calm down. Um, <laughs> Jeremy Strong, who was once Daniel Day Lewis's assistant. Are you serious? And he's apparently quite intense in his acting. Yeah. yeah, yeah. What? Wow. Yeah. Really? Oh, yeah, I've told you this on this podcast before, but you never listened to me. Yeah, he was. He was DDL's assistant. Do you know what always um, makes me laugh? And he apparently he's. Good wife. Do you remember he was in The Good Wife? He was. He was a campaign like Polar or something for for. for oh my god! I don't remember husband. that. I don't remember that at all. Oh look, I have to ask. The internal differences have they been smoothed over? Oh, very much so. And any thought given to to whom you might hand over the keys? Why, madam, that is very forward. And you're no fun. We're all friends here now. Aren't we? Well, uh, Jerry is on the paperwork as a stopgap, but even she'd be the first to admit that she couldn't really do the job. Well, maybe the second to admit. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, There is a name, but you know, I really don't like to deal in hypotheticals. Mm. He's an enigma. Well, one day. What a tease, folks. Just whisper it in my ear. You know, I'll start to think I'm not wanted. (laughs) Just, you can... Well, you know... Oh, for fuck's sake, Dad, just tell him it's gonna be me. Is that so? That is so. Roman, what's happening? My life just ended. It's been discussed, uh, but I don't think we're quite at the point where. Uh... No, not anytime soon. We've uh, we've discussed the transition and some arrangements. We won't bore you. <laughs> no, but I thought we could tell you all, though, as friends. Yeah, you know, maybe this dinner was a little bit premature. Seems like you guys are still working some things out. Uh, No, no, Peter, don't worry. This is just uh, family hijinks as as usual. We're good. Is that true? Will you stop? (laughs) Turnhaven. Oh. Let's talk about about Turnhaven. So, for context, this is the second second meal that my episode is structured around. Because, Mm -hmm. boy, that dinner. Boy. (laughs) <laughs> um so do you know what i just heard when you said that oh his majesty the spinach oh wait a minute though i didn't hear so would he stay on as the head of news 
Ooh, king of edible leaves, his majesty the spinach. Well, first of all, a quick shout out to this Turn Heaven episode because it gave me my favorite new character, which is Naomi Pierce. Really? I don't know why I like her so much, but I really like her. Okay. Mm-hmm. And the new trailer dropped today. I don't know if you guys have seen it, but she's in it. So it means she's coming back. I'm happy about that. Naomi Pierce Hive. Um, let's just go. Let's talk about this dinner, man, because this dinner is so awkward. This dinner is so... I I watched it again, <laughs> obviously. I don't know if I've watched it, but every time I watch it, I'm still cringing. I'm still like, Shiv, don't say it. Shiv, don't say it. Shiv, and oh, oh she said it. God. Like, like every... You know what? Oh, that's just so, true. So while we're here, let's talk about Shiv. Let's talk about Shiv now. Obviously, Hadja, you started you started talking about Shiv, but let's let's give somebody else a chance. Yeah. Because, huh? yeah, what, what are your thoughts on Shiv? Man, I really liked, you know, Shiv the first season, you know, but damn, I didn't just didn't expect her to be that cold. And you find that thing in the second season, and like the finale with the whole open relationship, whatever. It's like, she's really a Roy. <laughs> she's really a Roy. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, um Wait, wait. I, sorry, quickly. Um, Because um, Obi has put in the chat that I should mention Sarah Snook's glow up from season one to season yes, two. Yes, she so. needed that bob, girl. She needed that bob. The hair in season one was not giving. Something else was has been given the whole time, but <laughs> <laughs> well, wasn't the whole time though? Was it just season two? I because I did see it in season one. That maybe it was the hair that changed everything for me. <laughs> Definitely the hair, man. Sorry, okay, so because please continue. We've established <laughs> that Sarah Snook looked incredible in season two. Yeah, um, so she's cold, but I think they also show her being more. Just be more understanding and kind of tapping out of that competitive, like, win, 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 dog eat, you know, mm-hmm. to just be compassionate, especially with Greg. Like, it's not with Greg, sorry, but Tom. I think we get to see more of, more of them having uncomfortable conversations. I think she, like, she shied away or they didn't really highlight that, but now it's like, I really, I really like, like, someone, someone said something about the credits and, like, it being more centered on Shiv and I feel like, yeah, this season was sort of yeah. like Shiv's relationship with her dad. And he doesn't really, really mess with her like as much as he thinks. I know the first episode, she's sold. She's, you know, and I could see he puts her in a position to feel like, yeah, I'm just going to tell them that, you know, I'm the guy. Like, why are we waiting for? Like, we discussed this. Everything is, you know, you know. But, man, she's, I think she, I don't know. Someone else says she, she, she's always trying to please her dad. I don't think... Logan is just very manipulative. I don't think he should... He's, he's allowed to come for her. Yeah, 100%. He's, he's not allowed to come for her because she's considering, you know, the um the Pierce uh, job. Then you're talking about loyalty. Like, you just... Mm-hmm. We just had a whole conversation about me being, you know, and it doesn't, it doesn't seem like it's going that way. So, yeah, I feel for her in some, some parts. Yeah. I think she realizes... I mean, she rises this season that Logan, yeah, is a lost cause. Hmm. Um, so are we agreeing? Because I, I wasn't sure the first time I watched it, but I think on rewatch, do we agree that that offer was real from Logan at the summer palace? Like, was he going to make her see I think that's why I'll be trying to figure out, like, what is Logan's plan with Shiv? Like, was he actually going to make her, what, like, bring her in and make her see her? Or was this just sort of kind of manipulative ploy like what's, to... the, what's the point of manipulating her though to what like, that's what i'm saying like <sighs> i think he believed because i think he just does hot potato with like oh which child <laughs> is like 
Connor, you can have it. You can, yeah, yeah. Connor, 100%. like Connor, forget about him. But like, especially wait, wait. You now. say that though, because because then you say that. But in this new trailer, it looks like Connor was making a play for like for the CEO spot. So like, I don't know if Connor is gonna have <laughs> something to do in season three, man. Because no it looked like Connor was like saying, it'll uh-huh. be a cold day. Connor was like, Look, before Connor, <laughs> there's no way. Yeah, I think he genuinely wants Shiv to, or he believes she, you know, Kendall is not happening. I think he doesn't really believe mm. um, Roman is ready to. So I think he's like, Okay, you know what? Shiv is in the running position. Then I think, series of events, he somehow settles on, um, what's her name, Pierre? No. I forget her name. The um, the one that was working for the Pierce. Rhea, Rhea Rhea, yeah, yeah. So I think he at some point he genuinely had high. There was like a ranking or you know top five whatever who's in the running to get this role or whatever. I think she was definitely number one at some point, but it definitely changed at some point over the course of this. Mm-hmm. Correct me if I'm wrong here. At the start of the the start of the second season, like she's always been kind of out of the family business hasn't she mm-hmm. yeah and i think kendall has always been in the family business and mm-hmm. yeah kendall talking, and roman yeah um yeah and it's like so she's just gonna come in and become ceo straight like that like yeah the, the episode where she's like i guess the thing they're telling everyone she's just observing then she tries to yeah. like mm-hmm, chime mm-hmm, in and help mm-hmm. tom and, and kendall's like nope that's no that's no no, 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 no coaching like, from, <laughs> from the bench yeah um but I think the thing was, like, Shave never wanted to consider the offer unless she thought the offer was real. Like, she, she saw how, like, like you said, her dad is there, like, hot, hot potato with the other kids. She didn't want to be in that situation. So I think it was when, it was when her dad was like, look, this is real. She was like, oh, 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 okay. If it's real, then I will, like, consider it, if that makes sense. So, I mean, in terms of how they were going to spin it or say to the public i don't know maybe they'll say like she has pr ex- i don't know how to explain how becoming <laughs> ceo man but i think that was why he, he had like a timeline of like what three years four years and stuff which was like that's yeah. that's way too long and he was like okay come and do one day just like that's too soon um but like this episode i think i think when you watch this episode knowing what's gonna happen at the end in that dinner and uh, you can see it happening you can see that she's feeling very close there and then it gets to that dinner and you can see the questions that come in and you can see that everything that she says is kind of like the wrong thing. She's making the wrong jokes to people. Her dad is angry with her. She feels very like, oh my God, I need to force his hand. Even though she knows that's the wrong thing to do, she still feels like mm-hmm. I, I need to force his hand to, to make this a reality. And I think her thinking is like, well, if I if I say it now and he has to say yes, because obviously the pierces are there and want to sell, want to make this acquisition. Once he says yes in front of the pierces, then it's done. Like, and then hmm. obviously we know Logan doesn't doesn't deal well with threats. I also think that there was a self sabotaging part of her, and a bit of her that knew that the offer was not real, or was like, hmm, if I fuck like, so I think she there was also a part of her that felt like, um, when he did do what he did. Like, oh, this just confirms my 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 biggest fear that he was never going to fucking give it to me anyway. And this was just all a big ruse for whatever the hell he's planning in his head. Because, like, I definitely agree with you that she definitely thought that, like, yeah, like, obviously he's going to have to say now, like, that he needs to say to even seal the deal that will save us. 
fact that he doesn't, I think, like, just confirms her worst fears. And then she's just like, well, I'm blowing shit up anyway because, you know. Yeah, I mean, you're right. Nan Pierce literally says, we're only doing this if you confirm that, like, mm-hmm. that Shiv is the one. And he's like, you're not, you're not going to force my hand. Mm-mm. He's like, I've been doing this for 50 years. I'm not listening to threats. When well, I was my idea, it's like, you know, it's that thing where you say, I love that line. Do you know what it is? It's like when you want to go and wash the plates and someone says, go and wash the plates. And you're like, no. I don't want it's to like, I was already anymore, going, yeah. but I'm not going to go now that you said it. <laughs> yeah. So you guys think he was, he was for sure going to do it, but like, just because they were almost like threatening him or forcing his hand, it was like, you know what? No. I think when he told Shiv about it in episode one, he did mean it. He, yeah, he meant it. I think, I think things happened. I think, mm, yeah. Okay. I think things happened that it was like, uh So you reckon with Tammy, it was just like, you're yeah, not seeing like, material. Like, like, what did I just do? Yeah, yeah. Like, I think when, when things happened, and, and I also think that must be because at the time she was still like working on Jill's like campaign. So it was, she was partly the forbidden fruits. So he, he convinced himself that he wanted her back into the company and as CEO and everything and not working for the liberal Bernie Sanders senator. So I think, yeah, I think I think that when he made the offer, it was a real offer. But then by the time she, even if, like, to be honest, even if he was 100% on her being CEO and then she says what she said at dinner, he's like, nah, I'm not, I'm not giving it to you. Like, no one is making me do anything. Um, okay, so, you know what? This, I think this is a good point to talk about Connor because we haven't spoken about Connor. And it's important that you know that Connor Roy was just in politics at a very young age. <laughs> that whole Mo, Mo Lester kind of thing. Yeah, that Mo oh, Lester speech. Lester touched us <laughs> touched us all. <laughs> <laughs> like it shouldn't be funny, but it's just so no, it's just the way that they set it up for for the for the whole you Yeah. And then you get to the second season and it's like, his name was Lester Wickley. Oh, <laughs> Sorry for your loss, Maria. You know, I never met Mo, but I heard that he was just a great guy. Um, Mo? Your husband? We're so sorry. His name's not Mo. What do you call him Mo? His name's Lester. Wait, so why does everyone call him His Mo? real name is Lester. Uh, it was... I guess I haven't thought about it for a while, but it was kind of a joke. Like, what? Mo Lester? I guess it wasn't a very nice joke. And was he one? Oh, God, no. Just, you know, old Mr. Fiddlesticks, Uncle Meat Hands. Right. Dad wouldn't let us in the pool with him. But, you know, the guys of that generation, it was a different time. And then, yeah, he writes his speech at the funeral. It's just Best like... speech, man. I think Connor was very good this episode. I think Alan Rock was very good with Connor this, this season, sorry. Like, it was just a very good, so good. Connor show. Like, so what, was it his girlfriend that wrote that speech? Or was that... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ah. She did, like, a, a rewrite. Because he was going to give it a normal speech of, like, um, Lester was a good person. We all loved him, everything. But he was like, all, yeah. you, can't, you can't say that. And then, and then you want to run for president. And then, and then it comes out. Um yeah man, all the all the con heads, they're all they're all so happy. No, um I, I absolutely love Connor. I, I just I love I love his like entire just 
demeanor like i just he just he just it's lack of self-awareness lack yeah. self-awareness like everyone is you know stressing about their careers and he's like hyper decanting wine and he just a penis of napoleon bonaparte like a dried up and then he's broke and he's surprised why <laughs> like what are you doing and then he has his girlfriend who he pays to love him i just there's so many layers. Oh, Willa, man. Willa. She thought she, thought she was going to be a playwright. We should have known Sands. from her funeral speech that there was not going to be success. Like <laughs> <laughs> and Sands now we're all sad. It was, me- it was meant to be desert sand, but they gave him construction sand for her play called Sands. Oh, man. Oh, so many. <laughs> oh, poor Greg. Um, okay. So, yeah, no, I think. I think, oh God, it's there is no there is not one character on the show that I do not like. Yes, like <laughs> I like every single yeah. character. I'm in love they're with all, Tabitha. They're all shitty, but they all sort of like that. You like all of their like their shitty behaviors. They're all so good characters, man. Um, Frank, Carl, all of them. I love all of them. Um, like Stewie as well. It's pretty cool. All entertaining, man. We mentioned. Rhea earlier, and I think we're not going to spend too much time, but I think, like, Holly Hunter deserves to get some credits mm. for, for her job. She did some good work this season with, with Rhea, Rhea Jarrell. Mm-hmm. It's her voice. Oh, her voice is... Her voice is, yeah. Her voice is incredible. Voice. Yeah, it's just a... That kind of... She has, like, a CEO voice. It's the raspiness of I think it's sort of a good indication of a good TV show, how they're able to introduce new characters mm-hmm. and, you know, how they fit into the story, how they blend in and where did they come out? Mm-hmm. And I think the way they introduced her, like, oh, they want to buy Pierce, or so we need sort of like a conduit between us and Pierce, and it just sort of drove her. Was it through the underground car park um, of the sort of safe room episode? And that happened. Then, yeah, I just like named C and stuff. It's just really, really good job by like her. Mm-hmm. I felt the same way about um, Cherry Jones playing Nan, like Pierce. Another like great scene for me was just her out rowing Shiv. Like she she kind of comes to Shiv kind of almost like as a woman's like, oh, can I basically can I sleep with your dad? But just as a way to kind of let Shiv's guard down. And then she's like, mm-hmm. oh, well, you know what? Why don't you go for the Pierce job? And I think that's when I realized, oh, oh, this is this is the plan. Because I thought she was being genuine. I was like, oh, okay. So this is your plan with Logan. I, I'm like, okay, fair enough. I didn't peep that early. Oh, so you, oh, you didn't know? I was like, oh, she's genuine. So that's I was going to ask, do you trust her? Like, when she, when she's having that intimate call? Because she went, she had a conversation with Kendall after saying, oh, I think he's really, Logan really would pick you if it comes down to it. So, yeah, I didn't mm. believe it. Sorry, sorry for interrupting, but I just didn't believe that till. I think Shiv called um, Kendall and he was like, is she in the plane? And I was like, ah, I was like, oh. Playing fuck. the games, man. Yeah. And then you realize that that's why she's a CEO, right? Love. But then in episode nine, you realize why yeah. she cannot be a waster CEO because she's not, like, she's she's ruthless, but she's not evil. Like, she's not willing to go and talk to that survivor. She has, she has some principles. And yeah, she's not that despicable. Yeah, she has morals as little as they may be. Some so, like, you morals. realize the difference between her being... Yeah, have been like a good CEO and have been like a waster CEO. Was it the season where like Greg was was speaking to Tom about how he wants to move out of ATN and he was like, because of my principles. ATN? It's 
It's like kind of against my principles. Your principles? Craig, don't be an asshole. You don't have principles. Dude, ATN is a very toxic element in the culture. Seriously, okay, name me one principle that you have. I don't know, like, I'm against racism. Bullshit, I'm against racism. Everybody's against racism. What else? Like, don't lie. Fuck off. Like, if you're the news. Fuck like, off. you say hey, that's your principle? Yeah, dude. Greg, this is not fucking Charles Dickens' world, okay? You don't go around talking about principles. We're all trying to do the right thing. Of course we are. But come on, man. Man the fuck up. Everybody in our community is a bad person, man. <laughs> Um, one final thing I was, I was thinking about our justice and I think you know the scene where they have the comedian come out and roast quote unquote all the guests mm-hmm. and the comedian is black and in that moment I, I realized that I do not want any black person on this show like I was like oh this show really doesn't have any black people and I'm very okay with that like I don't even like okay. you know what this more is the one okay. show where everybody should be white more than okay. <laughs> I am more than okay with that I was like, this is the one show that everybody should just be white. Just just give me white people yeah. throughout. Like, just, I don't want any black person on this show. <laughs> yeah, well, Sanaa is going to be, is going to be there next season. I think she's, I think she's, I, from the trailer, I think she's probably going to be their lawyer, isn't she? From, yeah. Yeah, I think she's going to be like some kind of like legal advisor or something. We're going to take one final break and then Hadja will talk about the only reason she came on this podcast. Kendall fucking Roy. Kendall Roy. We'll be right back. And we're back from the break. This is a really short break, wasn't it? <laughs> um, you know what? So now that we've... Before Hadja leaves us out of anger. Sesh queen. Let's talk about... Let's talk about Kendall, man. And there's only one place to start. So, when Ray was planning this she asked me to help out with um with a little tribute of a certain uh flavor and after a lot of convincing well here we are is he about to strip just remember I think he's I'm going to masturbate on stage to a photo of dad my boy squiggle cooked up this beat for me check it l to the og I thought we were talking about him shitting Can in his we? bed or something. No. Oh, my God. No. Hadja, <laughs> talk, about, talk about Kendall Roy. Mm, my number L one to the boy. OG. My number one boy. Kendall went on quite a journey this season, man. Mm-hmm. He was in rehab for like three days. Then he was back in the company. Then he wanted to kill himself. Then he was his dad's right-hand man. Struck his dad's lackey. Then he performed an incredible rap song. Then he had the Congress hearings, and then he went. He had he had the journey. He had quite the journey, man. Is there anything you haven't said about Kendall mm-hmm. so far that you want to say, Hadja? Um. Well, first of all, I'd like to say that those of you who don't like him just lack taste, and you don't actually understand. Wait. What first of all, I never said I don't like eyes? Kendall. Is that what you're trying to say? I never said I don't like. I like Kendall very much. I just don't understand how he can be like. No, 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 no. I, I know you. He's don't. not, I'm not talking about crap. you. I'm talking about the people listening. Oh. The people listening uh, don't okay. like him. Oh, like Ibuka. Oh, you're talking about Ibuka. Yeah, no. Oh, oh my God, oh, okay. Banky. Ibuka thinks the voice. lady doth protest too much. <laughs> <laughs> no, I love Kendall's character so much because I feel like he just, um, he's such a perfect 
like portrayal of like sadness and vulnerability and Mm -hmm. i feel like i haven't really seen well i have but like the way that he captures that is so amazing like the like with his body like with his eyes there's just so much work that goes into the way that he embodies that character and i also like the way that he's also has a lot of dimension to him like sometimes i forget that he's a father and that he has these mm-hmm. like children like i like he, there's just so much more like i just think he's so multifaceted and it's just crazy to me how he can go from like you know fucking like this actress that he met and flying her out on the private jet and all of this stuff and then the next episode he's just like silent like completely broken because he's the sacrifice and he's the person who has to you know you know go through all of this and then before that he's at the hearing and he's killing it i and i don't know like i just i I, i'm always looking forward to like what i'm going to get from him and jeremy Mm -hmm. strong just delivers all the time in every way Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and yeah i just i just love my baby kendall i just want him to be okay i just I just, he's like my oh he's just my number one boy there's nothing else to say um because yeah is he your number one boy uh no my no damn i'm ashamed of saying like i said my favorite character is Logan, so <laughs> um <laughs> but um kendall was great this last season i think he really like you know when it, it makes you feel or makes you put yourself in that position, really. The way, you know, he really kills this role. I think it goes from the hard decision, which is going against his dad, whatever, and, bruh, the manslaughter or whatever, and his dad sort of, like, I've, I can't think of a, like, a bigger 360. Do you get, like, feeling mm-hmm. like you're about to, you know, mm-hmm. such a big risk, everything, and you're back to, not even back, you're, lower than you've ever been before mm-hmm. with now he yeah. has this hanging over you and i think the first couple episodes like you can't help but be sympathetic for him because of the way just every single thing just from his like mannerisms every he just really really you know i think he did his thing this last season i think he got like an emmy or something yeah he won so yeah um jeremy strong won an emmy this season but i mean to be fair they were all nominated jeremy strong brian cox kieran colkin um sarah Sn- i think that's crazy. All of them. Connor might have been the one not nominated. Alan Rock would have been the one nominated for, for an Emmy, <laughs> which is like, you know what, sometimes somebody just has yeah. to, just has to um, fall out. But yeah, he won, obviously, and it's it's a strong, because he's like depressed for like the first half of the season. Then obviously once he meets um, Naomi at, at Ten Haven, he starts getting a bit more happier. He gets way more into drugs. He takes the actress to Dundee. But then she says awesome too many times, so he sends her back. And then he performs out to the It's just like it's just like, you know what? You're on the journey, man. And I think it's you guys sort of like soft touched on it. It's like the character arc of how he's like he's so sympathetic. And I think he's the one that actually wants to mm-hmm. like because it kind of starts off as this like ambitious guy. Well, he's a fuck up. He's such a fuck up. Like he's like, I really don't want you to fuck up, but you're gonna fuck up eventually. And you kind of root for him in that sort of sense. But at the same time, he's like part of the shitty family. He's really ambitious. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he's trying to, you know, because his dad kind of tells him about like how he's not killing everything. So 
I think it's just that character arc of the journey, like I just said, on self goes in touch that as well, like how he goes from kind of ambitious to fuck up and it sort of kind of goes back again at the end of season one, then the accident happens, then it's just like bottom of the bottom, sort of like at the start of season two, and he's doing all this like stupid shit, like, you know, um, shoplifting and doing all of that, then it's like, you can sort of see the character arc of how he goes from just this addict fuck up who's recovering to basically strong arming his dad out of the company at the end of the season and i think obviously it's a testament to like jeremy strong's performance how he has that range Mm -hmm. and how he's able to convince like viewers that he can you actually believe this guy is a terrible father terrible husband proper addict by the same time you can see him running you know, a multi-billion, trillion-dollar organization at the same time. And, yeah, man, I think it's just a really good testament to Jeremy Strong because he's just a fucking brilliant actor. Mm-hmm. So, like, obviously, in part of Ke- Kendall's journey... Actually, no, before I get there... I'm sorry, we we'll talk about L to the OG. I'm, 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 not, I'm not leaving this episode without talking about that, <laughs> that, that, that song, man, because... I have an L to the OG t-shirt and it's in London. And no, I you do not. I, I, it was here. Oh my gosh. Where did you get it from? Let me tell you something. If I, 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 I am daily looking for succession match. That is like a part <laughs> of my daily routine. Where did you get it from, please? I'm looking for it. I'm a true Kendall Hive member and I don't take this membership. <laughs> you guys think Bob's are scary? I'm they scary. are scary. I'm scary with the way that I I rap. <laughs> his his boy his boy his boy lay down that beat. Oh my god, Squiggle on the decks! <laughs> it's just a very good like it's a it's a good series of scenes like all the reactions like causing Greg like like vibing to it like everyone's just so lost. The lyrics like like I'm not look I'm not a rap historian but like. It wasn't hard. I think you sort you sort of expect this cringe, you know, turn it off, fast forward. But I was I was good, and I was actually yeah. you know, nodding my head. It was, like, oh my gosh! Yeah, <laughs> it was like it was like a, a tribute, a tribute with a, with a sense of flavor. Like <laughs> it was so cringy, man. But it was like really fun, cringy. Oh, it's yeah. so so good. I love I love this so like it's one of those things. I'm sure that when they were in the writers' room and they had the idea. Everybody was just like standing, like yeah. I cannot believe we've had this idea right now. Everybody's so excited to, to execute it in the writers' room. It was so incredible. Um, to actually get to the bottom of this, we could argue it would be better to have people who, operationally, we suggest Jerry and Tom. What? Uh huh. You want to explain your thinking, Hugo? Look, I, I, I'm just positing here, okay? Sure, yeah, but you're positing in my directions. Uh, shareholders meeting in two and a half weeks. I mean, we are unusually subject to the vicissitudes of public opinion. Uh, I can translate. That's frank for we're fucked. We, um, Hadja mentioned it earlier. And, like, yeah, Kendall, like, he killed it at the, at the hearings, the congressional hearings. He was, yeah. like, he was attack dog. He was taking down Evis. Like, he said he, he did what needed to be done. Which is Do like, you know yeah. who didn't kill it at the congressional hearings? <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> well, I, I saw I saw it coming like the whole time. Like, gosh, what what an absolute fuck up, man! He's not built. For, he's not built for that, and I'm surprised they didn't see that. He's not built for that. <laughs> um, 
I have a few of my favorite lines. Um, when Eve says to Tom, so you're telling me that everyone called this molester, molester, but no one knew that he was an actual molester. <laughs> and then it's like, I already asked Tom, do you know who Greg is? And Tom is like, no. And I was like, no, no, no Tom. He's like, no, Tom. <laughs> it's like, I know him. But I thought you meant I know, I know him and I know his face. I know. I know. Oh, gosh. Just... <laughs> oh, Tom, man. Oh, and then the reaction to everybody when um, the guy, I can't remember his name, but Fisher Stevens' character asks um, Shiv, what's it like to be married to a man with two assholes? <laughs> like, I'll, I'll give him a grade B plus, bad plus, terrible or something. <laughs> oh, you missed the best on Banky oh, where oh. he was like, have you ever used a, a, a human being as a footstool? And he's like... Uh, I, Senator, I use a variety of um, target oriented um, incentives to enhance optimal performance. I yield back the balance of my time. What is it like to be married to a man with two assholes? If I was to give Tom a letter grade, I'd give him a B plus for bad plus terrible. He's, he's just something, uh, he's hilarious. It's such a shit show, man. That was so funny, man. It's terrible. It Terrible hearing. I was like, oh my god, this is going so bad. <laughs> oh god. Uh, but yeah, no, I think that was just hilarious. Obviously, Kendall did what needed to be done. Um, in the next episode, we see Cousin Greg's body uh, <laughs> cards. If it is to be said, then Let's so be it. I'm going to start using that, man. I'm going to start using that in like, everyday conversation. <laughs> I'm sorry about dying, man. It's like, if it is to be said, let it be said. Oh, Cousin Greg. Gregory Hirsch. Executive assistant to Tom Wamsgans, correct? Yes. <clears throat> yes, if, if it is to be said. I'm sorry. Uh, if it is to be said, so it be. So it is. Are, are you all right? Uh, yes. Uh, I merely wish to answer in the affirmative fashion. You can speak to us normally. Okay. No. Thank you, sir. Uh, uh, so I shall. Let's. Oh, God, I'm sorry. Let's go towards really the end of this episode and the end of the season. And honestly, my third, the third part of this episode for me, which is the third meal scene, which is that oh. breakfast scene on the yacht. Yep. This, is, this is, this is everyone. This is the vision of crab, crabs in a barrel. This is everyone trying to save themselves. Everyone was just stressed out, man. Well, I, I mean, I, if we're doing this, I don't want to spread shit around. We're all loyal servants. But, so, I, I only say, without malice aforethought, presumably General Counsel is center of the web. Sorry, Jerry, I like you. There is no one more loyal than Jerry. Exactly. What about Frank? I mean, how come Frank is even here today? Thank you. Welcome. I can see it. I take it. I make sense. Right? Oh. And after what he did to you, the boardroom coup? Water under the bridge. Right. In... Which case, I guess, in a certain way, my my indiscretion against the family, I would say objectively, makes me less of a compelling sacrifice, uh, is the only thing I would say. Mm. Unlike, uh, uh, for instance, a loyal servant like Carl. Uh-huh. Uh, I thank you, Frank, for that. Mm -hmm. uh, well, my thing, I guess, is that if... Uh, uh, Rhea is no more. Sadly, uh, we're back to having, uh, we're back to uh, Jerry as named successor. So that fattens her up for the kill. 
so to speak. What did Roman say? Can we have so- Tom Sunday with some Greg Sprinkles or something? Greg is like, what's that Greg Sprinkles? No, this is the most fantastic. I think this is might be one of the best. That might be the best episode of that of the season. Oh yeah, yeah, I think so as well. He has everything you want from like he has all the great writing, great acting, and then now comes with that like that twist at the end, which is like, which is for me it was genuinely surprising. I didn't yeah. know. I was not that expecting was that at all. So um, I, I think it's a, it's a, it's a very good. And obviously, he has lines like what Tom says to Shiv. Yeah. If I think about it, I think a lot of the time, I'm really pretty unhappy. What are you saying? I don't know. I love you. I do. I just, uh, I wonder if. I wonder if the sad I'd be without you would be less than the sad I get from being with you. He ate my fucking chicken. <laughs> he ate my chicken. That was like, uh, that was that was another that was another. Um, oh god, um, Logan's reaction to Tom eating the chicken is. He was like, he was so confused. I did not. When I was rewatching, I'd forgotten that that Tom basically turned down a threesome oh my god oh my god yes i forgot about the threesome just a health warning there's there's a chance that i might that i might not be able to form because oh, i can't Tom, i don't no. probably because i haven't done a stadium gig before <laughs> honey we'll be fine we'll help you <laughs> or she could not watch we could put her in the bathroom and she could look through the keyhole uh tom I feel like you're you're turning our threesome into a twosome. Huh. Well, I think in terms of like the final confrontations, like I, I think Shiv saying Tom looks logical. That was that was wild. I think everybody everybody was like, "What's what's is going on?" Everybody's reaction was was kind of was kind of wild to him. I mean, I think the obvious choices, and I hate to say it because he's such a swell guy, is Tom. Excuse me. Yeah. Right? I know, but you know, had a cruises. But I, well, I have been a loyal servant. Yeah, but I fucking love you, dude, but you shot the bed over Mo Lester. And I was sent in there as the sure beating, did. as the fucking beating man. I took the beating. You got suckered in by Evis. I answered the questions. You don't answer the questions. You don't answer the questions. Okay, that's like rule one. Tom works. Yeah. Uh, just kind of a clarity, I think. Yeah. You know, anyone care to speak to my qualities? No, Tom looks logical. What? Cruises, document destruction. What? I'm not saying that it should be. I mean, I'm saying you're like family, which is good, but also not family, which is kind of good. Tom, it's the elephant in the room. We can say that. There's, no, we can't. There's no need to say the elephant in the room. There are 15 other elephants in the room. I don't know. Personally, I, I didn't see the whole, like, candles flip at the end coming. I didn't, did you guys see coming? Did you see coming? I didn't see coming as well. Nope. I did not see it coming. Did not see it coming. Hazard, did you see it coming? I, I, did, I, I didn't see it coming either. I thought he had finally... You know the place he was at the beginning of the season? I thought they were going to do like a little yeah. like loop-de-loop and he's back there where he's just pathetic and sad and miserable. Mm. And I think mm. and I think I also got distracted when, you know, Logan told that story that Marsha told him about like the sacrificing of the children and... That moment was so emotional, and he was saying how he missed. I, I, I would, it, I felt, it felt like a bit of a misdirect by the, mm-hmm. by the, like by the writers, and I just felt like, oh, we're staying in this really emotional place, and then 
on the plane though when i clocked though was on the plane when greg was like i you know i have some things to show because i just don't think it's right then i was like oh shit what are they about to do yeah but he didn't say that though greg didn't say that no but like like, but like i could tell from the body language that something was about to go and i also felt like Uh, why would they give us like a, a conference where he's just like i'm the bad guy like we already know what's gonna happen in that situation so i just was anticipating and yeah it was it was the scene with greg on the plane that made me think this is shifting because the scene on the plane was also sort of kendall gazing out the window sad pathetic and then greg comes up to him and it the energy just shifts because it's no longer like you should fall for this it's like you i i just felt like oh what's happening i didn't know it was gonna be that Mm -hmm. but like i did feel oh something is gonna happen that (laughs) isn't just kendall being sad and pathetic so it has been suggested i would be a suitable figure to absorb the anger and concern but the truth is that my father is a malignant presence, a bully and a liar. And he was fully personally aware of these events for many years and made efforts to hide and cover up. He had a twisted sense of loyalty to bad actors like Lester McClintock. Fuck me. Disregard for the safety of migrant workers, non-union and union workers, and for vulnerable performers and guests. My father keeps a watchful eye over every inch of his whole empire. And the notion that he would have allowed millions of dollars in settlements and compensation to be paid without his explicit approval is utterly fanciful. Um, I'm going to go around and just quickly give me if you have any big or out there prediction for season three. I'll start with you, Hadja. Oh, my God. Hopefully, oh, Jerry and Roman will finally shag. Okay, let's. Start. I like that. Hope you're right. Logan Roy dies. Fuck. Well, that's not happening. I hope. God forbid. Cause him. I was. I was gonna go with that, but I think. Um, man, big predictions. It has to be someone who you think. I think that lines mm-hmm. up to be what Kendall versus Logan, and maybe. Shoot, Greg sides with Logan. Ooh. No, no, something shocking in that sense. What's interesting to me is that Kendall forgotten about the dead kid. Like, like Logan has that. Maybe Logan can't use that because it also implicates him. I'm, I'm, I want to see how that plays a part in season three. I, I don't. I think that's gone. It will be horrible. Logan has done enough. Does he taking him back to that mm. house? Um, that was that was. That, I intentionally avoided talking about that because that was that was a lot. So tough, man. That was emotionally a lot going back to that house for for Kendall, man. They actually bring that back up that could also implicate um logan for the cover-up yeah um but yeah man i think we're all excited for the return of this show october 17th um okay but before we leave though anyone have any final succession thoughts they want to just quickly drop thoughts theories hot takes thirst for anyone (laughs) so what's the last thing you said First for oh, anyone. So nah, I'm just checking before I declared it. I mean, that's fair. That's fair. That tries. Shave. I would allow shave on the basis of season two. What's the name of Logan's assistant? 
Christiana. I love her. Um, um, what's her name? Adriana, Christiana. Kat- Katrina? Katrina, whatever her name is. Logan's assistant. I love her. Yeah, Dagmara. I know, that, I know her real name is Dagmara. Um, Carolina. I said Katrina. Carolina. And I had on my notes... Thank you for reminding me. I don't mind. Do not forget to give Jess some flowers because Jess deserves her flowers, man. Jess is just always there by candle. Never forget Jess, man. Just my little, That's the only black character that's allowed on the show. <laughs> I have with me today copies of records that show his personal sign-off. How much those of us who executed his wishes bear responsibility is for another day. But I think this is the day his reign ends. Okay, so, guys, thank you very much for coming on this episode. I would like to shout out our guest making his debut on the podcast. That's right. Gozim. Thank you for having me. I'd like to shout out Haja from the Downtime with Haja podcast. It's been a pleasure. Haja, when are we getting more Downtime episodes? It's been a while. Um, you guys will be getting something on the White Lotus very soon. Oh, I'd watch that, you know. You haven't watched White Lotus, Obira? It has my babe on it. Oh my god, man. Oh, Sydney Sweeney or Alex Adario? I really hope it's not Sydney Sweeney. Alex Adario. Sydney Sweeney, wherever she is, man. Dara looks like. She looks like one of them extras from. Dara. She was on True Detective, wasn't she? Does it? Does she show? She literally shows her like her breasts in everything she's. Oh my god! She acts in. <laughs> oh my god! Oh um, my god! I'm such grass. So, okay, I'm ending this episode. <laughs> Stop. I'm <laughs> just I'm literally just like saying an observation. Like every single role she's in, she's like top. Um, I muted him. He doesn't know I muted him. <laughs> um, I'll shout out our producers, Namani and Chinidu Heji. Am I muted? What the fuck? <laughs> Thank you guys. Obira. Hi. You are fungible. You are fungible as fuck. You're fungible as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you all for listening and we'll be back next week. Bye guys. Bye. Bye. Bye bye.